What's going on, Lifesavers? Welcome back to another episode of the Exploring with Micah podcast. I've been putting out a lot of content recently that has been causing a lot of people to unfollow, but also bringing in a lot of new viewers. Hi, hello, welcome. My name's Micah, and I run this podcast called the Exploring with Micah podcast, where I share every lesson, every idea that I've learned on my self-exploration journey. Without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. I would like to give a disclaimer at the beginning of this video. This all comes from my personal experience and my perspective. This does not apply to sexual or physical abuse survivors. Also, if this message does not resonate with you, it means that the message wasn't for you or it's the right message, but you're not hearing it at the right time. That's the disclaimer I want to give at the beginning. I don't want people coming at me for how my idea may be wrong. It just doesn't apply to where you are in your journey. Now I'm going to explain why I love my narcissistic father and how I even got to this place. The path to love is what I like to call this. How did I go from being abused by my father, mentally and emotionally, to cutting him off to heal? And now, only a few years later, bringing him back into my life and loving him so fully. How? How did, how did I get here? How did I get here? Well, first I want to start with the story of me and my dad. I won't give too much detail because I don't want this podcast to be ridiculously long but I will give some examples of some traumas. The first example is, I learned at a very young age what people pleasing was. I learned at a very young age that my father was a control freak and that his understanding of love was control, which, you know, for any kid that's suffocating in their personality, their emotional state and their own personal development. So I learned that all that mattered was to make my dad happy because it was weird. The only thing that seemed to make him happy was when I played basketball. Now, we actually talked about that when the last time I saw him, but that trauma really stuck with me, especially when he said, the only thing that ever makes me happy is you playing basketball. But whenever I wouldn't play well, he would degrade me on every level, calling me a super shitty son. Why are you even my son? You're not worthy of my name. Stuff like that. And that, you know, caused this major pressure on me because I just wanted his approval. I wanted him to be happy. But I was putting myself through hell in the process of trying to make him happy. Another example. My dad would always bring me with him, or I would always go with him after my games to other women's houses, and I would meet these ladies and just essentially watch him, you know, uh, do the deed with other women, knowing that I would go home to my mom and he would go home to my mom. That idea really showed me, like, just using people and how. 
I felt I realized that I was just a, a, the tool that was also being used. I learned a lot about having to keep those secrets because again, I still was wrapped up in wanting my father's approval. I remember another time when my dad would put my put his hands on me, and whenever I wouldn't play well in games, after he would degrade me in the car, I would sprint to my room running away from a beating because I didn't play well and that just scared the shit out of me as a kid you know like because you didn't perform well at something you absolutely were just chased and attacked all for that or remember the one time I stood up and said like I don't like the fact that you're like cheating on my mom Uh, he slammed me against the car and he just like yelled at me a whole lot and that scared me enough to not say anything, but that was, that was a scary experience. There's many other traumas, but I just said the ones that came up off the top of my head. There's others that have been much, much worse, but it doesn't matter how worse it was. Pain is pain, trauma is trauma. And during that time, I just felt so small whenever I was around him. And I know, I know why now, but I felt so small. And uh, now we're going to move into why I cut him off. I'm going to talk about our big fight. The big, big fight that we had. It was huge. It was huge. I'm not going to lie. I was getting to a stage where I was just really, really tired of him telling me what to do. And I was getting really, really tired of like this emotional abuse that I was receiving. Because I was very aware of it at the time. I was probably around 18. 17, 18. And I remember I was just cooking food and watching something. Actually, no, I may have just been cooking food and listening to a podcast. And my dad just takes off my headphones. He's kind of smells of alcohol. And he comes into my space, like really, really close to me while I'm trying to cook this food. And he says, come sit down. I'm going to talk to you. Whenever these talks happen, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to this, it's never usually a conversation. It's just, I'm going to sit here and kind of banter to you about my emotional shit, but I'm going to make it seem like it's all because of you and it's your problem. That's like the strongest form of emotional and mental abuse. But I was dealing with this my whole life, so I was quite over this predicament that was about to occur. And I just... I just was like, no, I'm cooking food. You can wait. Like, no. Uh, That caused the escalation of the argument. And then we kind of got into this whole thing. And I was telling him how, like, you make me feel small and all of this and that. And we eventually got into a really, really big fight. I got really emotional. He got really emotional. And he was like, I could put my hands on you right now. And I was like, and if you do, I'm going to stab you. So we need to, that's not need to happen. I didn't say the stabbing part out loud, but I was right next to the knives and I was fully prepared to ruin my entire future to end this argument. That's the emotional state I was in. And he kicked me out, made me leave all my stuff. And I was leaving by that morning, by that next morning, because I had to take my little brother with me. Um, It was a... an interesting thing and 
I very quickly realized, or more like developed this personality of, I'm gonna fucking heal myself so that I don't ever become like him. That was the immediate mindset that I developed. I immediately made him the demon. I immediately made him the abuser. I immediately made him the problem. And I was not in that mood, not in the time, not ready to see him as hurt and broken and something needing love just like anything else. So I literally bought myself a new phone with the money I saved up, started working, I moved in with my grandma, and I completely blocked his number from my phone. He tried to get a hold of me through my mom, he tried to get a hold of me through my little brother, he tried to get a hold of me by having me come see my little sister. But I just wasn't having it. I wasn't ready to be around him. I wasn't ready to see him as a broken child. I wasn't ready to see him as anything but my abuser and the person who made me the way that I am. I wasn't ready at that time. I wasn't ready for that. So I cut him off and I went to go heal. I became incredibly invested in inner child work and spiritual practice. And I slowly became the strong role, the strong identity of the healer. I'm healing myself. I'm a cycle breaker. I'm a scapegoat. I'm healing my traumas. But one thing I started to realize over the course of this time was, why am I even healing in the first place? Traumas are always going to be coming up in the body because it's built up trauma. But that doesn't mean that that trauma has to define me. And it doesn't mean that I have to stay away from anything that causes the trauma or else it doesn't get worked through. I started to really question the idea of what healing was. I started to really question the understanding of what this whole scheme was. And I realized I developed this super hero complex, God complex, if you will because I started to treat myself with such high respect that I wouldn't tolerate anything that was below it. But that also made me believe that I was better than other people and that other people didn't deserve to be around me. And I don't really like to look at it like that because that's such a self-righteous, I'm the shit, and if you treat me anything below than what I believe myself to be, then you don't deserve to be around me. That's such a one-sided, egotistical point of view in my experience and in my opinion. I started to really question it all. And recently, really, really recent, um, if you watch all of my videos, you'll get an understanding of the transition that I've made in my understanding of healing. All of it before all of my old videos were purely based on blame. It was always someone else's fault. But now I'm at a stage where it's on me. It's my doing. It's the conditioning I'm putting on this. And I very quickly realized after going to my friend Bajan's house and stopping at my first ever spiritual mentor, he was seeing how quote unquote holy I was, which really I was just really busy trying to be that person, trying to be perceived that way. He was like, if you're so enlightened, then you should be able to love your father. If you're so enlightened, you should be able to love your father. And that idea just, I had so many arguments to it, so many 
quick remarks, so much conditioning that I built up that I was like, no, I didn't, he doesn't deserve my love. He's not willing to work on healing. He's not willing to change. He's not willing to fix. He's not willing to see me for the new person that I am. And all this other stuff. But I realized sitting back and watching as this identity in front of me in this body unfold, it was all just resistance that I was creating in that moment. It was all me pushing away all of that pain, all of these parts of myself that damn well loved my father. Damn well loved my father. I go to my friend's house and he puts on this song for me, this music video by Hollow Clothes, Blessings. And it's literally just a song of a dad and his son just loving each other, kind of living life. And it made me cry so much. And it really made me start to realize how much I actually love my dad, how much I actually really want to be around him. Now I understand there's a complete argument that people are coming up with immediately right now to this idea but you going back around him means you're going to be putting up with abuse. Me, you going back around him is going to be this, it's going to be that. I understand that perspective truly because I was the one arguing against my spiritual mentor those very ideas. But I also realized those ideas aren't true either. At least not for my truth. Wherever you're at is just fine. There's no rush. I very quickly realized that the whole purpose of healing, the whole purpose was to love and to build an understanding and compassion for everything that's in pain. The healing journey is to purify your heart so that you can see yourself in everything. My friend always told me this line, when you see yourself as a part of everything, you can have nothing but compassion and love for everything around you. That quote changed my life and it clicked in that moment. I realized very, very fast, and it may not be that fast for other people, it's okay. Very, very fast that the healing stage where you, you're the healer and you're trying to develop this inner compassion you're not supposed to stay there. You're supposed to move past that. You're supposed to get to a point in your journey where that compassion that you've developed for yourself becomes that same compassion for everything else around you because you are everything around you. You are the trees. Maybe that's far out. You are your mom. You are your dad. You are your best friends. You are it all. And the more you see the unity in everything, the more compassion and love you can have for everything. Now that means throwing away your preferences. This means not being attached to an identity. You can't be busy being a healer who's trying to heal their inner child and still have unconditional love. No, that's not how it works, at least from my understanding. But I very quickly realized that the whole point of healing is to get us to a stage where we can be compassionate, 
and we can see ourselves in everyone and in everything. And that's not to say I see Michael in everyone. No. I'm talking about that deep inner place that doesn't have a name or a label or preferences or a personality. It's just love. It's peace. I'm trying to label it for you so you can visualize it, but it's awareness. It's that deep inner part inside of yourself. That's what I'm getting at. When you exist there in that place, nothing can hurt you. Nothing will hurt you. Because you are a part of everything. No amount of your of my father's abuse or manipulation or emotional or mental bandwidth can exist if I'm not even playing the role that was so bothered and hurt by all of that abuse. If I walk in to a relationship with my father as compassion and from that inner place, he can't be the same person. Maybe even if he is. His manipulation I see through. His abusive techniques I see through. And I see it all because I'm funneling it through my heart space. I'm funneling it through the love and compassion. That's the perspective I hold. So there's no me trying to protect myself. There's just me wanting to honor my father's pain and existence in my life. I'm choosing to love him regardless. That was my path to love. It was just a series of realizations about what healing is. But my intention, full long term, was I was like, I never want to be around my father till I can have absolute compassion for him. Absolute compassion. That was my intention for healing. That developed over time, but that became my sole goal. My sole priority was to turn myself into the embodiment of compassion. Because if I am the embodiment of compassion, then I can be that for everything around me. And that includes my father. The person who in my past has caused me so much trauma and pain. But truthfully, without all of that trauma and pain, I wouldn't be sitting here right now making this podcast for you. I wouldn't be making this podcast in general. I would be an entirely different person. But instead, I'm, I am now working my way towards loving everything. And yes, I fail. Of course. Of course. But it's a process. It takes time to get to a place where things just feel alright. It takes time to get to a place where you can see behind the voices in your head. See behind the traumas in your body. And just watch and be in the experience but not be attached to the experience. I wanted to end off this podcast with a brief explanation of the stages of healing so that you can understand where you're at and understand maybe if this res- if why or why not 
this message resonates with you or it doesn't. So let's get into that. The stages of healing. There are about three. Now all of these are just labels, don't take them so seriously. The first stage is the victim. The second is the healer. And the third, I just like to call it love. So let's start with victim. The victim is the person who's playing the side character in their own story, constantly blaming their past or people or experiences for why they can't change, why they can't evolve. Now remember, each of these roles is their form of love and safety. A victim's form of love and safety is staying as they are and always blaming other people for everything going on in their life. Most people are in this stage when they are currently being abused because they start to develop survival techniques, trauma responses that become their personality over time, which then develops into their relationships, how they see themselves, how they see and interact with this world. All of it is completely evolved to trying to protect and survive because trauma brought you to a place where you no longer believed in love without needing to protect yourself or survive. The next stage is the healer. This is a big one. You cut off your family, you develop hatred towards your family, and you develop this unconditional love over time for yourself, but only conditional love for everyone else around you. I remember I saw in my DMs, I believe my parents deserve unconditional love, but I don't believe I need to give it to them. Okay. Be self-righteous. That's fine. There's no rush. As long as you want to believe that idea, I'll be sitting here waiting for you to realize that it's not the way. (laughs) But that's alright. It's okay. Sit in that. If you believe that, trust me, I'm not going to hear it to judge you about it. Have another helping of it. Take it in. Really believe that idea. I'll be sitting here when you want to change that when you want to actually give unconditional love to everything and not just to yourself. Healers develop hatred because, you know, their parents are the ones who abuse them. They see them as the abuser and themselves as the healer. It's this self-righteous complex that they've created. Villain and hero. You're the hero and they're the villain. The issue with this idea, though, is you're only giving yourself unconditional love because of protection. You're trying to protect yourself. That younger side in you, inside of you, that's hurt. You're trying to protect that little child as the hero. You know, the hero's always trying to save the day. But at some point in your journey, you're going to get to a point where There's a part of you that doesn't want to be fixed. There's a part of you that doesn't want to heal. And that's when you're going to no longer... Not no longer. That's when you're no longer going to be able to be the healer. And you're going to be forced into a new role. You're going to be forced into realizing that all that's bullshit. 
the whole villain and hero, abuser and healer, all of that was just a gimmick. Now, it was a helpful gimmick at the time, but it won't get you anywhere. It's not going to get you to where you're really wanting to go, if you're wanting to go there. If you wanted to stay fixing yourself, by all means, stay doing that. But if you want to transcend that and become such a wonderful person for everything and for everyone, and that includes yourself, you're going to be invited to go past any identity. You see, when you're the healer, you develop this parent complex, which is great. Trust me, it's amazing. But the parent complex has personality. It has expectations. It has preferences. It's the observer. It's the first step into understanding and watching your thoughts. But what I'm talking about is this next stage of love, where the realization comes in that you exist behind your trauma. You're not your trauma, or that hurt inner child, or the parent who's trying to love that child, or the victim, or the healer. Because you exist behind all of that. Because what you are is awareness. What you are is love. You see the world from a place of love and compassion. Because you see everything as a part of yourself. Because yourself doesn't have a name or personality or an identity or a label. It's just is. You know when you notice you're depressed, you notice yourself being depressed. That part that notices, you start to cultivate that space. Cultivate being more and more rooted in that place. And the more rooted you get over time, the more love and compassion you have and the less attached you are to being a healer or a victim or seeing your parents in any kind of way. You just see them for what they are. Something that needs to be loved. Something to share your experiences of joy with. I heard a beautiful quote yesterday that I'd love to share to end off this podcast. Sadhguru always said it's a mystic. Life is not supposed to be the pursuit of happiness and love. Life is the expression of joy and love. But most people spend their whole lives trying to pursue the happiness, not realizing that inside of them the whole time is the joy and love waiting to be expressed through those personalities that are currently in pursuit of happiness. The first part was his, the rest of it was mine. I'm going to be honest. We're all in this experience. And we all can choose whether we make misery, love, joy, pleasure out of it. Or we can make hell out of it if we want to, too. We can make it self-righteous. We can make it angry. We can make it sad. We can make it jealous. We can make it feel guilty and shame, too. But every experience comes from within, and we're the only ones that can control that experience. Because it's the only thing that we can control, our inner state. So yes, when I'm around my father, I have a deliberate choice whether or not I want to become his slave. And what I mean by slave is, if he's triggering me, and I fall prey to that trigger, 
then that means I am now a slave to him because I am allowing someone else to control my inner experience. So I just sit back, I take a deep breath, and I just love and sit in the conversation, sit in the uncomfortable feeling of the body because I control my experience just as you. I hope this podcast was helpful. I didn't want to get too much in the ideas of conditioning of what a narcissist is or cycle breaker. I think all of that's just too much conditioning and I don't want to get into it. I hope you grasped whatever you needed to from this. I hope that you'll come back to this podcast if you feel called to. And I wish you the best in your journey to love, not journey to heal yourself. This is Micah Jones, signing out for the Exploring with Micah podcast. I'll see you next week.